Here we go. We'll just go through them again. I want to, uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, I want to just kind of, but, uh, kind of give you just a, a small lesson I don't, on the secret to success. Everybody wants to be successful. And all of you, you know, everybody sitting here wants to be successful. Well, God's idea of success and what we call successful is two different things. And, and we're going to talk about uh, the secret to success and, uh, and how, how interesting it is that this, the, the principle that we're going to talk to is within the reach of every person. Is it that, but the problem is we, by an act of our will, choose sometimes not to apply the principle that's going to gain us success. Now, so I want you to get to your notes. When we talk of God's attributes, the list can go on and on. And I, I put some things down when I talk about his attributes. He is all-powerful. Uh, he's all-knowing. He's omnipresent. Uh, he, is, he is love. He is just. Uh, and, and the list can go on and on and on about the attributes of God. But look, notice Galatians chapter 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and what? Faithfulness. Faith are faithfulness. Tonight I want to look at the seventh fruit that is listed. God, where it says, and the Scripture tells us that God is what? He's faithful. Now... That might not mean, you know, with, with everything else, you know, we, we, get, we get all involved and we want, we want power. We want God's power in our life. We want God's love in our life. We want, you know, God this, uh, you know. But without his faithfulness, none of those other things would work. What good would it be if God is love if he wasn't faithful? There's a lot of people that tell people. I, I marry people all the time says, I'm going to love you the rest of my life. And it lasts a couple of months. Because they've left out the faithful part. Love is, is also faithful. And so, so none of his attributes would be any good uh, if, if in his character attributes he did not have this thing called or this quality called faithfulness. Uh, so, so we're going to talk about this. The seventh fruit listed, God is faithful. And just for a moment, think with me how important is faithfulness. How important is faithfulness in your relationships? Without faithfulness, you don't have a relationship. Can we talk? Without faithfulness, you don't have a relationship. Okay, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. Check this out. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promises what? Faithful. So we make promises all the time. We, we sign papers and we make a promise that we're going to do certain things. We're going to, we're going to make X amount of payments over uh, 72 months and whatever. And, uh, and if you have not got this quality called faithfulness, uh, or, or, what's another word for, for faithfulness? Give me some words for faithfulness. Lo how about that one? That's a good one. Then. Loyal. Trustworthy, honest, committed, all of those things are interchangeable. I mean, so it doesn't make any difference how many times you sign a, your name to a piece of paper. If within your character you don't have this thing called loyalty or, or commitment down, then it's, it's, it's going to be very rare that you, you, will, you will complete uh, you know, what you have said that you're going to do. Now, do we have a problem in our world today with faithfulness? 
Boy, I, I guess we do. Second Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts is what? To him. In this you have done foolishly. Therefore, from now on you shall have wars. Loyal is another interchangeable word for faithfulness. What is God doing? His eyes are going to and fro on the earth. He is looking for someone, not, not necessarily rich. Doesn't say rich, does it? And it doesn't say beautiful. Doesn't say that either. And it, it doesn't say successful and have a lot of businesses. Or, or, in fact, it doesn't even say multi-talented. God's eyes is going to and fro on the earth trying to find somebody who is loyal or what? Faithful. The key to success and the secret to success in whatever endeavor that you want to go in, uh, and especially a relationship, the key to the success of the uh, relationship or, or, or business venture or a goal that you're going to set or whatever, the secret to gaining uh, the end result or success that you want is that you are faithful. Some people just has not got that character in down yet, and their life is a shambles. Why? Because they have not developed the fruit of the Spirit called faithfulness. Now listen to me. Someone says, well, I got this fruit going on. I got this fruit going on. You ain't got nothing going on. Fruit grows together. Well, you might have this great, great gift over here, and you might be really successful in, in maybe, you know, uh, getting a ministry started. But if you're not faithful, you won't keep it going. Faithful. God is looking for simply not multi-talented people, not beautiful people, not skinny people, not fat people, not people in between. He is looking for someone who is just simply faithful. Faithful. Now, I want you to get this. Faithfulness in this world has not died. And this is an important point. Faithfulness in this world has not died. It has been misplaced. The problem is the object of our faithfulness. You see, I found this, that the unbeliever has no problem with being faithful. Did you know that? Nobody. The, un, the unbeliever has no problem with being faithful. I fully expect the unbeliever to be faithful to their drugs, I expect them to be faithful to their beer and their alcohol and their lust and their partying. I expect them to be faithful. And when I was not saved, I was faithful to them. Well, you were too. So it's, it's you know, we're going to be faithful to something. Now, everybody in this world is faithful to something. Everybody on this planet is faithful to something. On Sunday, people are faithful to their basketball, to their baseball, to their football. Uh, they're faithful to, uh, to a thousand different one things. They're faithful. They're faithful to amusements. They're faithful to all kinds of things. So the problem is not that we are not faithful. The, the problem is we have misplaced faithfulness. Now, notice this. Matthew chapter 25 it's, I'm going to read some lengthy scripture, right? 14 through 30. I'm going to read some scripture. For the kingdom of heaven. Now, who's, who, who, who's part of the kingdom of heaven tonight? Let me see your hand. Six of us. Seven, two, all, right, all of you. You saved? You're part of the kingdom. 
Now, the, for the king, so this is the kingdom principle. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. The King James says, according to his several ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them who made another uh, with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, what? Now, we're looking at the end of our journey to hear our Lord say to us, what? Well done, good and faithful servant. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. I've been faithful. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, whom the Lord himself shall give to me. Now, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I, I've gained two more talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. Now I was afraid, went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, here you have what is yours. Now, if, if you'll notice, he is not too pleased with this. The Lord's not very pleased with this, okay? But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Verse 27, so you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and in my coming I would have received back my own with interest. In other words, you should have invested it, at least invested it in something safe and let it earn me money. He didn't receive a good report. Now, I want to say some things before we go on about this parable. I want to, I want to draw some things out. The principle that these servants was judged by, the principle that these servants were judged by was not that one was more gifted or more talented than the other. Someone says, well, I'm not as gifted as so-and-so, or I'm not as gifted or talented as so. That is not, that is not how our faithfulness is going to be judged. Because the, the, the people in this parable, had he gave everyone according to their several ability. And they were judged by how faithful they, they used what God gave them. Okay? It wasn't that one was more talented. He judged them by what they did with what he did give them. Are we, are we on the same page? So, so we can't use the excuse, well, I'm not multi-talented and I can't play this instrument and I can't do that or, or I can't, you know, whatever. You can do something. You can do something. And we'll talk about that in a moment. So the principle that this, these servants were judged by was not that one was more gifted or more talented than the other what the master was looking for was faithfulness. He did not expect more than what they were able to give. God is not that kind of a God. 
He doesn't expect more than, if you're like me, a one talented person, he doesn't expect me to do what a five talented person can do. Okay? But, But he has given us according to our several ability, but he does expect me to use faithfully what he has invested in my life. Okay? He expects you and I. He is, when he comes back, he's going to be looking. And here's the second thing. You need, to, you need to get this. This parable specifically applies to the fact that our future rewards are connected to how we live our life now. Would you say that that is the true assessment of this parable? It's a kingdom principle that our future rewards are, are connected to how we live our life now. Well done, good and faithful servant. So what we are doing now God's not asking any more out of us than what we're able to give, but He is expecting us to use faithfully and, to, and work faithfully within the, the process, perimeters He's given us. Thirdly, evidently faithfulness is a quality God wants us to develop. Evidently, then, would you say that faithfulness is a quality or a character trait that God wants you and I to develop? Can you say amen to that? Look, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I talked to Monica last night that I was kind of one of the preachers on TV was kind of uh, getting on what does the Lord require of me. And she brought me up a scripture that I already read, but there's a lot of about requirements. Here's one. Moreover, it is what? In stewards that one be found. It is required. Moreover, it is required. Uh, what is a steward? What is a steward? It's an overseer. So evidently a steward has been given something that doesn't belong to him, that, that, that someone is intended him to be uh, required for him to be a, a faithful steward over that. Now, before we go any farther, what has God invested in you? Huh? Stewardship? All right. What has he given you? He's given you your life. Your body belongs to Him. Your life belongs to Him. Everything we have is borrowed from God. Everything. So we are supposed to be stewards over what God has invested in our life. And uh, now notice it's required. But if you're not careful, there'll be a disconnect. We'll, We'll think, well, let somebody else let somebody else, you know, because they're more gifted or thus and such and so, and, and somehow we throw up and we, we, we use the excuse that, well, that might be required in somebody else, but it's not required in me. No, it's not. If you're a kingdom person, you are required to be a faithful steward of what God has invested in your life. Now, so understand that. So faithfulness is a quality God wants us to develop. How many knows that fruit grows? Fruit is developed. You don't just find mature fruit on the tree. And you do not find on any fruit tree one big fruit over here, fully grown and developed, and a little green one right here, just starting. So when you say, well, I'm really, I'm really charged up here, well, it's really useless because you ain't got faithfulness going for you. And so the good that you could do can't be done because you haven't developed the other fruit called faithfulness, our loyalty, our commitment. You might have flashes of brilliance, but no consistency because fruit is developed. You know what kills 
the development of fruit? Laziness. I think we read that, didn't we? Laziness. Spiritually lazy. Boy, I tell you, I'm, this is good, isn't it? Maybe, maybe I better move on. Now, so get this. God is not looking for talented people necessarily. He is looking for someone who will be faithful. Look at Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 2. Who was faithful to him who Jesus was talking about, God the Father. Who was faithful to him, Jesus was faithful to God, who appointed him. And he's talking about in Hebrews him being a faithful high priest. As Moses also was faithful in all of his house. The, the New Testament did not glorify Moses for any of his exploits. It built him up because of his faithfulness. Now, when you and I exercise faithfulness, not everything, you think, well, Moses did a great job. All those miracles, crossing the Red Sea, he was faithful in all of his house. Did you know that generation? He never won a one of that generation. The only, there's only two people in that generation he won. That was Caleb and Joshua. He lost a whole generation. But he won the next one. He took a whole, you know, he was responsible for that next generation going into the promised land. But what he was commended for was he stayed faithful. Stayed faithful. Go to the next scripture. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, and Mike read this uh, Sunday when he was ministering, he read this scripture and, and he didn't know what I was going to be doing on Wednesday. But you just don't commit things to everybody. You don't, you don't commit things to just everybody. All right? And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to what? And where it says men, just put people. Because it's the, 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 the scriptures are written in the masculine gender. So when it says men, it also means women too. Believers. Commit these to faithful people who will be able to teach others also. So you had to, we had to be selective on who we spend time investing truth in. Because sometimes if you, you, invest, you invest in people and they will not do anything with it because they're simply not. It doesn't mean they're the bad people. I'm not saying I'm not calling them bad people. I'm just saying that it, they're not hundredfold people. God spoke to me very forcibly one time, and remember the in Matthew chapter 13, He's talking about thirtyfold ground, sixtyfold ground, hundredfold ground. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me very forcibly and said, "If you would spend more time on hundredfold ground, or the same amount of time on hundredfold ground, you spend on thirtyfold ground, you get a better return." And I thought. I got to be it. Because most of the time, we spend most of our time on 30-fold ground, and 30-fold ground is, is all some believers will ever be. Not because God doesn't want us to be more than that. It's simply we are content to do that. And so we're 30-fold. But see, God wants to move us from 30-fold into 100-fold, and the principle He's going to use to do that is what? Faithfulness. Faithfulness. It's real quiet tonight, but uh, this crowd's a good crowd, okay? You're here, but I'm just sharing with you the principle that you're living by already, all right? 
Now, so we're not talking about, when I'm talking about being faithful, I'm not talking about you building a great ministry. I'm not talking about that. Because a lot of times when we're talking about faithfulness, people get this wild idea that they've got to do some wild and crazy thing. And, you know, I'm just going to give you some simple things that God is looking for us to be faithful in in this life to make a difference. And the things that we do with what I'm going to share with you, we're going to receive rewards, our losses on the other side. And the things that I'm going to share with you tonight are scriptural and they're within the reach of everyone. None of us will ever be a Billy Graham. Let's face it. We're just not. We're in Wasco. Okay? We're, we're, not, going, we're not going to be a Billy Graham, and we're not going to be a Billy Sunday or, or anybody like that. We'll, you know, uh, we'll never have great, you know, uh, churches as far as multi-campus churches and thousands of people. None of us will probably ever have that. But listen, the same principle is required of us as those that do those things. Because you, they couldn't do those things unless they're faithful, okay? And had faithful people working with them. Now, so here we go. Ready? Put this down. This is some things we need to be faithful. Faithful to His Word. Faithful to His Word. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. Let man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. What is... What is uh, Notice what one of the requirements of the steward is faithfulness. All right, but let uh, a man, uh, go back to verse 1. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. You and I, in you and I life, we have been invested with the mysteries of God. The mystery of the gospel. You, you have the knowledge. You have the revelation. You rub shoulders with people every day that do, does not know what you know. They have no idea. Even in America, you'll be amazed that if you ask somebody what is the gospel, they could not tell you what the gospel is. They, they don't know. And the gospel is simply the message of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God has invested that mystery in you. And so we need to be faithful to His Word to get the Word out. And so when we get revelation, then we are required to be faithful to get that revelation to those who do not know. Is that making sense to you? Now, that's not difficult, but it does take effort. Faithful to His Word. Faithful to family. Faithful to family. I uh, used to laugh at my dad. I said, Dad... Um, what do you, what do you, what do you, has God called you to do? He said, nothing. And I said, well, you, you go to church faithfully, you sit in the same pew, you drug me to church for a hundred years. God never called you to do nothing? He said, well, he called me to listen to you guys. Somebody got to listen to you. That was his, you know, somebody got to listen to you guys, you know. And I'm thinking, faithful to family, faithfulness to your wife, faithfulness to your husband, faithfulness to raise your children in church, to teach them, faithful. You know, you don't hear too much about Mary's husband, Joseph. He's kind of like a silent figure in the Christmas story. But God looked down and saw that there was something in that man 
that was that was valuable enough to entrust his son with to raise him faithful to the family and to raise him he saw something in joseph even though you don't you don't hear him say anything and you don't hear too much about him but god thought enough of him to invest his son's raising in his life so we need to be faithful to our families and raising our families thirdly faithful to worship faithful to worship and to fellowship Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. You know, it, it, it's, 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 it's amazing. Um, these are not things that are hard to do. These are things that people just choose not to do. Um, because everybody's faithful to something. Okay? Number four. Faithful in our witness. Faithful in our witness. And you shall be witnesses unto me. You know what the book of Acts says? After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, shall be witnesses. Why is that important? What, let me ask you this. What is the value of one soul? What is the value of one person, one soul? Why should we be faithful in our witnessing? When the opportunity arises and we are given the opportunity to share our testimony and witness, I'm telling you, that is the most valuable thing that you and I can ever do. Because the saving of one soul. What would a profit a man if he gained the whole world and lost his own soul? You wouldn't be profited at all. You're losing everything. But it's amazing. Some people don't know they're lost. That message God has entrusted into you. And we had to be faithful in our witness. Number five. Faithful with our finances. Well, I'll get your attention now. Faithful with our finances. You say, what does that got to do with it? It's got everything to do with it. Now check out Luke chapter 16. He who is faithful in what is what? See, if, if, you, if, if you are not faithful in the small things, who's going to be able to count on you to do anything big? That's, that's what this is saying, right? Don't hold, don't hold me responsible for that. I, I didn't write that. He who is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Kind of strips us down, doesn't it? Verse 11. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon. What's mammon? Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you to your trust the true riches? We always pray, God, I want to prosper, I want to prosper, I want to prosper, I want to prosper. Well, are you a giver? I, have, I, have, I pray for people all the time. They, 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 want, they want God to prosper them. And the first question I ask those that, that come up to ask me, I, I, the first thing I ask them, are you a tither? And if they're not, and I'm, I'm saying this is a wasted prayer. Can we talk? Because if you're not a giver, if you're not a giver, giving you shall receive. So there's a, there's, and with the same measure that you meet it out, it's going to, isn't that what it says? So, and if you're not, if you're not faithful in the unrighteous mammon, you think God's going to entrust you, you're the true riches? Is that what this is saying? Go, I think we got one more verse. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, 
Who gives you ability to get wealth? All good and perfect gifts come from. So, so who's giving it to you? Okay, you have to acknowledge that God has given it to you. Well, I worked and sweated. Who gave you the strength and the and water to sweat? God did. He gave you your next breath. Your next heartbeat is on loan from God. Everything you have belongs to God. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? That's pretty rough stuff, isn't it? God just sometimes kind of brings us back to reality. These are not things, now remember, these are not things that we cannot do. These are things that we choose not to be faithful in doing. Okay? Number six, faithful in our walk, our lifestyle. Faithful in our walk, our lifestyle. First Peter chapter 2. <laughs> oh, my. For this is the will of God. That by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. 16. As free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bond servants of God. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. I could stop right there. Dear Jesus, just trying to get people to get along is a full-time job. <laughs> Isn't it true? Families fractured and splintered. People won't forgive each other, holding grudges, all that other stuff, resentments and all this other stuff. I remember Mike used to be the, the president of the Ministerial Association. I used to laugh at him. He was, a, he was a great negotiator. And he'd be trying to get us preachers. <laughs> he'd be trying to get some of these preachers in the Ministerial to, to, to get along and agree on something we wanted to do. And he's negotiating, and I, I'm down at the other table, and I'm going. <laughs> he was a source of a lot of laughter, I'm telling you. And after it was over, uh, sometimes you did, right, sometimes you win. You win a few, you lose a few. You know what I'm saying? But I used to laugh at him all the time. You know, if you can't, if you can't get along with the people now, how are you going to go to heaven with them? Interpersonal relationships. Learning how to get over stuff, get stuff behind you, get past it, get over it. Uh, you know, life is too short to be carrying around resentment and all that other stuff. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. This is all talking about real life situations, 18. Servants, be submissive to your masters. Oh, what does that mean? That means if you're working for somebody, obey the boss. When Rhonda tells you to clean that pot, go clean the pot. And Gary does. You know what I'm saying? The, right, nowadays, I mean, we just get a grievance up. I got to thinking the other day, you know how many slaves that Jesus freed? Tell me how many slaves that Jesus freed. None. He told them to get along. It's exactly what he told them. He said, get, learn to get along. He told the slaves... He said, oh, submit yourself to your masters. Isn't that what he said? Nowadays, we got all this, you know, just, just be submissive. If you don't like your job, look for another one. You know, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and the gentle. Now, listen, not only to the good and gentle, but how are you going to relate to that bad boss? You're going to submit, keep your mouth shut, put a smile on, 
do your job, draw your check, go home. Right? Oh, that's, that'll get you a blessing. Not only to the good and the gentle, but also to the harsh. Verse 19. For this is commendable. It because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. Go to verse 20. For what credit is it if when you are beaten for your fault, you take it patiently? Sometimes a slave got beat because he deserved it. <laughs> but when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. In other words, if you get chastised, even though you don't deserve it, and you do it with the right attitude, God's going to bless you. Now, that goes across the grain, doesn't it? Especially in today's world. But he's all God is ministering to here is about interpersonal relationship, relationships to authority, relationship. And so what he's saying, we need to be faithful in doing these things. All right, I think do we have 21. Is 21 the last one? For to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us what? Leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. We need to be faithful in our lifestyle and our walk. You know, if Christians are portraying in, in, uh, the right kind of a lifestyle, the Christian lifestyle is the most attractive lifestyle there is. You would have to have some kind of evangelistic. I'm telling you, if we would just be Christians, there's something attractive about people when they are just Christ-like. Yeah, is everything going to work out for you? Are you kidding no. But you're going to take it with the right attitude. Is this okay? All right. Here we go. Last one. Okay. Faithful in using our gifts. Faithful in using our gifts and abilities whenever the opportunity arises. Now, you'll notice that none of these has to do with some great ministry you're building or being faithful to some, some way out there thing or something that's really going to cost you time and effort these are everyday things that god has called us to do faithfully and then when we get to the end of this thing we'll hear him say well done good and faithful servant enter into the joy that god has prepared for you that's isn't that what we want to hear good and faithful servant let's pray father I thank you for all these folks that have come and listened to me talk. And in the process, God, I, I'm hoping that they have caught something. Faithfulness is, is easy to say, but it's much, e much harder to put to practice. Give us the grace and, and the, uh, the desire to develop this simple fruit called faithfulness. Because everything that, that we do hinges on this one simple principle even if we love if we leave out faithfulness god we won't know how to love nor it's going to be it's going to be distorted so i pray that you'll work this this principle in our heart teach us holy spirit how to be faithful give us the grace lord god to begin to to do those things that we have been called to do in a faithful manner in jesus name we ask it and everyone said amen God bless you guys. Next Wednesday, we're going to start the star charts, okay? All right.